All right, good morning, everyone. Back at it again. Hard Talk Radio, here to give you the news. Let's get into it. Hard Talk Radio, live in 4K. Daria Dugina, the daughter of the Russian philosopher Alexander Dugina, has been killed in a car explosion in Moscow. Alexander Dugin is said to be a close aide of Putin and is often referred to as Putin's brains. Now, the Russian media has reported that Daria died after her car exploded in Moscow. Now, the Russian law enforcement officials are now investigating as to what may have caused this explosion. The reports say that Daria was returning from a literature festival when the explosion happened. Speculation is rife that it may have been her father who might have been the target of this attack. Her father was also supposed to be in the car with her. However, he decided to take another vehicle. Now, Alexander Dugan was behind his daughter's car at the time when the vehicle exploded. Now, Alexander Dugan did not hold any official position within the government, but was said to be very close to Vladimir Putin. He is known to have some anti-West and ultra-nationalist philosophy that has helped influence the president's expansionist foreign policy, including in Ukraine. Nadaria Dugina was herself a very prominent journalist who vocally supported the war. Both father and daughter were sanctioned by the West. The United States and the United Kingdom's authorities have even accused Daria Dugina of contributing to online disinformation related to Russia's invasion. In 2015, Alexander Dugin was sanctioned by the United States for his alleged involvement in the Russian annexation of Crimea. Leon is now... Thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers to that man. I do not, I cannot even imagine what he is going through right now. I really can't. Moscow, an explosion in the outskirts of Moscow has killed the daughter of a key ally of Russian President Vladimir Putin, Daria Dogina, was driving a Toyota Land Cruiser Sunday when the vehicle exploded. Authorities in Russia have launched a criminal investigation. She was the daughter of Alexander Dugin, who is often called Putin's brain. Dugin is a prominent Russian nationalist intellectual whose vision of revived Russian empire came to influence Putin's war in neighboring Ukraine. For over a decade, both father and daughter have advocated for Russia's invasion. They have said many times that Russia can only thrive if Ukraine is destroyed. Dugan was placed on Western sanctions list as a key proponent of the Kremlin's forces and next state of Crimea from Ukraine. He's also backed Russia's decision to send troops into Ukraine earlier this year. The United States imposed sanctions on the daughter in March after she served as the chief editor of the United World International, which the Treasury Department classified as disinformation site. The United Kingdom has also placed sanctions against Dugina in July. Several Dugan allies immediately suggested that he was a target of the blast and blamed the Ukrainian government, which denied any role in the incident. Mikhailo Podolak, a top advisor to Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky, said Dugan's death is a result of Russia's domestic instability and not any military action from his country. He added that it is a consequence for her support of the war. Every person is supposed to pay for their words, politically said in <clears throat> Ukrainian. 
things are going to get real ugly. Things are going to get real ugly fast. And Putin is basically going to have to appease this man. Okay? That's what's going to happen. There's going to be blood. That man's going to want revenge. Okay? I looked at that man's face after it happened. I... I could I, I can't imagine what he's feeling. I don't. I, I I don't know. But this war is gonna get very ugly. We already have them fighting over a nuclear power plant. Things go wrong there. It will be very devastating for Europe. Okay. So, how many of you have watched the Walking Dead series? Well, a lot of interesting things are happening. Alright, when it comes to this. Many people think that zombies are not real. It could be a possibility. It could be a possibility that we could have zombies. I'm just saying. It's it's a possibility. Alright. Wait until you hear what I gotta say. What I got to inform you on. Alright. Okay, we're good. So, <clears throat> fans of The Walking Dead take heed. There may be new concoction under development that will create what many will see as zombie-like conditions in humans who have passed away. Scientists at Yale University injected the bodies of dead pigs with a new sludge type of serum that actually brought the organs of those dead animals back to some resemblance of life. The pigs have been lying dead in the lab for an hour. No blood was circulating in their bodies. Their hearts were still. The brain leaves were flat. The group of Yale scientists pumped a custom-made solution into the dead pigs' bodies with a device similar to the heart-lung machine. The time story began. What happened next adds questions to what science considers the wall between life and death. Although the pigs were not considered con- conscious in any way, their seemingly dead cells revived. Their hearts began to beat as a solution, which the scientists called Organ X, circulated in veins and arteries. The report continues. Cells in their organs, including the heart, liver, kidneys, and brains, were functioning again, and the animals never got stiff, like a typical dead pig. Meanwhile, researchers pumped other pigs that had been dead for an hour with ECMO, a machine that pumped actual blood through the bodies. But those pigs stiffened as their organs became swollen and damaged while blood vessels collapsed and there developed purple spots on their backs from the pool blood, Times reported. Okay. The research team said primarily objective of their work is to someday dramatically increase the supply of human organs that can be transplanted by developing a process that allows surgeons to obtain organs long after the person dies. Also, the team said that they would like for their technology to be utilized in a way that prevents severe lasting damage to hearts from following a heart attack or brains after significant stroke, the Times noted further. Stephen Lathan, the biotechist at Yale University, who was closely associated with the research, said that the findings are only the first step. The technology he made sure to emphasize is very far away from use in humans. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm just saying. Led by Dr. Nined Sestan, a professor of neuroscience, of combative medicine, of genetics, and of psychiatry at the Yale School of Medicine, the group of researchers were nevertheless stunned by the ability to revive cells following death. 
Dr. David Ajavec, also neuroscientist at Yale and co-author of the paper, noted, we did not know what to expect. Everything we restored was incredible to us. Other researchers who were not involved in the work also expressed surprise and amazement at the results. It's unbelievable, mind-blowing. Nita Fahrenheit, a Duke Law professor who studies ethical, legal, and social implications of emerging technologies, said, according to the Times. That said, Faraday noted that the results also raise ethical questions about when death actually occurs. We presume death is a thing. It is a state of being, she said. Are there forms of death that are reversible or not? The Times noted, New York Times, the work began a few years ago when the group did a similar experiment with the brains from dead pigs from a slaughterhouse. Four hours after the pigs died, the group infused a solution similar to the organ X that they called brain X, and so the brain cells that should be dead could be revived. That led them to ask if they could revive an entire body, said Dr. Zivonomovar Vasella, another member of the Yale team. The university has filed for a patent on the technology with Sestin, noting that next researchers will attempt to determine if organs could function properly and then be successfully transplanted. After that, they want to see if the method is effective at repairing damaged brains and hearts. I don't know, man. This is some mad scientist stuff here. Mad scientist stuff, man. That's what I got to say about it. Kind of crazy, kind of crazy. All right. Okay, let's get into the next news story. So apparently someone's going around and poisoning women, people with napkins, with poisoning and napkins. It's crazy and wild. That's what I could say. Gotta be careful out there. are back to working at their hair salon but on Mim's birthday this past Tuesday she wasn't sure she'd make it I felt like I couldn't breathe uh, my chest started hurting I just was getting high flashes my heart was racing just a whole bunch of stuff I told him uh, I don't feel okay I think I need to go to the hospital she says it all began after leaving a birthday brunch at the Willowbrook Prospect Park Eat Drink Lounge and noticed a napkin like this one stuffed in her door handle I took it out with my nails and just threw it um, and got in the car, and then I asked him about it, and he said, no, he didn't put a napkin in there. Despite going back to wash her hands, Mims and Marshall believe whatever was on that tissue transferred onto her door handle and into her body. My fingertips started tingling. Uh, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, I'm just overreacted. Moments later, instead of heading to the spa, Mims was spending her special day fearing for her life in a hospital bed. It's crazy. It just makes me think that um, we're not safe. You know, there's some crazy people going going out in the world just doing things. After running tests and flushing out her system, 
Mim says a doctor told her she'd suffered acute poisoning, but because there wasn't much of it in her system, they couldn't identify the substance. After posting her experience on social media, she learned she may not have been the only one targeted. Someone reached out to me and they let me know that it wasn't just my car. They saw it on multiple cars. Tonight, the couple says they've gained a new sense of awareness. And it just made me watch my surroundings. Uh, I can read lips now, like from far away, like whatever it is, like I'm paying attention. What if my husband wasn't there? to bring it to the hospital immediately. Like, what would have happened? Thanks for watching our YouTube channel. It's crazy out there, man. I mean, I don't know how how they're doing it. But we, we're having a lot of sick people out there. People got to be careful, have their head on a swivel now. And it's sad that she had to go through this on her birthday. On her birthday. Okay. It's unfortunate, but people have to be extremely careful now. And it's she could have and she could have lost her life and they would not be able to catch the perpetrator at all. She would not be caught at all. He or she would not be caught at all. All right, so we got some crazy stuff here. This woman just going nuts and just proves she's she's about that life. That's what I could say. She's proven she's about that life. That's what she's about. Tonight, an Oklahoma woman is in jail after she managed to slip out of her handcuffs in the back of a police car, obtain an AR-15, and opened fire on sheriff's deputies, according to local police. The shocking moments were captured on the car's internal camera and police body cams. On Friday, Grady County Sheriff's deputies performed a welfare check on a woman found crawling around someone's yard while barking, according to the charging documents filed in court. The woman identified herself as 36-year-old Rachel Zion Clay. Police handcuffed her and placed her in protective custody in the back of a police car, according to the court documents. But while deputies were outside the car taking statements from civilians nearby, Clay managed to slip out of her cuffs and access a console in the front seat labeled gun, the undersheriff said in an interview. They say she was then able to load around into the chamber and fire outside the vehicle. Body camera footage released by police show moments shots ring out. Confusion as try to figure out what just happened. One civilian receiving a wound to the chest. He's later taken to the hospital, according to NBC affiliate KFOR, while the sheriff's deputy is only grazed by the bullet. As the deputies and the wounded bystander take cover and call for backup, more shots ring out. What the heck? Law enforcement expert Cheryl Dorsey weighing in on the incident. Sometimes women are smaller frame and they have uh, the ability to slip their hands through the cuff, even though the cuff may itself be locked. With the arrival of backup begins an hours long standoff as Clay barricades herself in the police car, refusing to emerge. After three and a half hours of negotiations with police and the deployment of an armored breaching vehicle, the woman finally surrenders. If it means saving a life, you take as much time as you need in order to bring this tactical situation 
to a successful conclusion. Court documents from her arraignment on Monday include notes she allegedly managed to write while barricaded, revealing her disturbed state of mind. Efforts to reach Clay were unsuccessful, and she was not represented by an attorney at her initial court appearance. It was a compilation of errors. I get that uh, you want to have easy access to a, 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 a AR-15, but not when you have a suspect in your vehicle. Another officer could have and should have been monitoring visually the suspect who was seated behind the car. Clay was charged with three counts of shooting with intent to kill, and according to court documents, is currently being held on $1 million bail. All right, Maya Eaglin joins us now here in studio. So, Maya, is the Sheriff's Department going to do anything different now? Because obviously this... That was dumb. I mean, you can't... I don't think, you know, when you're doing that type of work, you got to have, like, two, two, two cops with you at all times, okay? And depending on the situation, have more than two, at least four, all right? This man could have died. He's the only cop there. Nobody would have known that he was shot and in need of help. She could have got out of that car and finished him off. Thanks for watching our YouTube channel. Follow today's... All right. Okay. That was a blunder, man. He could have lost his life there. Serious blunder. So now, we're going to talk about how you have these women stealing weaves now. Now you got them... Uh, Stealing underwear? That's crazy. Alright. Stealing men's underwear. That makes no sense. I mean... I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I guess that's, that's the new thing now. You gotta up your game. That's what has to happen now. Ridiculous, but... Hey, that's what goes on in some parts of the country. That's all I could say. New at 6 tonight, a bizarre crime wave is hitting coal stores in Metro Atlanta. The latest case in Noonan is where a trio of women walked out of the department store after stuffing merchandise into big bags and not paying for it. And as Fox 5's Doug Evans reports now, you might be surprised by what they are stealing. Kohl's is a big store, a department store. And if you think about all the items that they sell, what one item do you think a theft ring might be interested in? Well, in this case, investigators say it's underwear. Men's underwear. Thousands of dollars worth of men's underwear. For the fourth time in Metro Atlanta, police say these three women entered a coal store with the intent of stealing a large quantity of men's underwear. This was the Noonan store. Here the women are seen on surveillance cameras crouched over a display case in the men's department. Their quarry, according to the company, is Nike men's boxers. According to Cole's website and the police report, a box of three normally sells for about 40 bucks. The women are accused of filling their big bags with $1,800 in Nike men's briefs and skipping the cash register on the way out. These 
girls are walking in the store, filling up uh, reusable uh, shopping bags and walking out. Not a care in the world. These three and possibly others are also accused of hitting coal stores in Marietta, Woodstock, and McDonough. Their total take so far is over $6,000 in high-end men's boxers. Apparently not always Nike. If you have any information that can... <laughs> I feel offended, man. I feel offended. You want to steal women's clothing and stuff? Now you want to steal men's clothing? I mean, wh where's the decency, man? Where is the decency? You know, this is this is something that is um, that is, is is crazy. All right, but that's all I got for now. I'll have to cut this short, and I'll be back for another one. Like, share, comment, and subscribe.